Welcome to Inside Parliament, our weekly catch-up about the stories that we've been covering on One News. And we have a special surprise guest. Jessica Much has returned to the corridors Ooh. of Par. <laughs> and we also have another surprise. But wait, I think there's just a technical issue. Yeah, I think it might be a bit oh, of a technical issue. Surprise! Woo! Happy birthday, Corin! A birthday card! Yeah! <laughs> we've been saving this for you. Hip, hip, Thank you. So sweet. Thank you, Adam. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I tried to buy candles in bulk, but they don't do that many. <laughs> <laughs> that oh. <laughs> He's ignoring me. Yeah, he is. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, are you making a joke about my age? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's almost, it almost went in. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I know, 43 today. 43. Oh, you didn't have to say, but congratulations. You should come into it because Andrew chose very caref carefully and quite appropriately for I spent for today. a ridiculous amount of time dithering over carrot cake and red velvet. What'd you go for? Red velvet? It's red velvet, yeah. Ooh, nice. Given the day, it's perhaps nice. fitting. Exactly. A red, red velvet. Government. Yeah. It is indeed. Um, what a day. Just come, we've just, you know, just, we've just literally come from out on the forecourt there where there's been this sort of hero's welcome for um, Jacinda Ardern and uh, there was Pat Feedy's Pretty's drop, what, what, one eighth of it, <laughs> playing out there. and um, so one eighth quite, of Stardust. Was it? Well, yeah. That that's was right. the band, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and quite, um, quite euphoric and they've been sworn in. Um, you know, you kind of it, you do actually sit there when you're in government house waiting for an hour while they all read out some tiny little oath. An hour is nothing though compared to 12, 13 days of waiting. In fact, this time last week we didn't even we still didn't know. No, we didn't. So we it's didn't. been a remarkable. But I did week. look at the I looked at all those ministers. You know, you start looking, you start sort of looking back and oh, what, what are they thinking? All that sort of I've got all that energy, that new energy, that new like first day of school energy where mm. they've got this opportunity. And, they, and these people you've known for a long time in opposition battling away in the dark days, you know, and yep. all of a sudden they've got this chance. Yeah, they're in the like, light now. They've, they've got a they've got a hundred day plan to get kicked into. And it feels like for some of them it was just hitting them out there. When they got <laughs> off the bus and there was this yeah. big crowd, they're suddenly like, ooh, this is what being in power feels like. Yep. This is real. We've been sworn in. You sign up to it and all of the process and the pomp and ceremony around it makes you think, actually, the power's switched and I'm it. Yeah, Charlie White, Jacinda Ardern handles it pretty well, doesn't she? Yeah, she's Cool as a slick. cucumber. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, but they still haven't moved in. No. The other side are still in the beehive. And no. The Labour MPs, new ministers, are still milling around our building, old Parliament House. So. Bill, Bill left this morning, though, didn't he? Uh, yeah, he, he went and resigned today, so... It's pretty, pretty brutal, eh? Yeah, it's very sad for the staffers around the time. Yeah, traps. and it's just the way that you have to pack up, resign, shift out all your stuff, mm. you know? It just, it's like that. It's but a then brutal game. It's quite weird for being a, being a journalist and being in the gallery where it's just like, well, it's just another day for us. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's interesting that it's a change of government, but we're not invested like that. And no. so we're just sort of like, oh, yeah, and then there's another lot coming, and it doesn't sort of, we just keep doing what we would do, but for them it's just like, it's yeah. huge. Well, don't you think, um, because it's been such, I've been thinking about this over the weekend um, when we had a bit of a break, a bit of a lull in the news cycle, isn't it very strange that actually this is a, a hugely historic period in New Zealand? You know, this is a really big deal, change of government, the way it happened. Um, MMP, Generational change. Absolutely. MMP doing what it's supposed to do. Mm. Uh, Winston Peters again making history, creating a queen, yeah. you know. Um, and yet it has, has it feels like the coverage um, and the atmosphere has been quite muted. Mm -hmm. and, um, Do you know that's because you guys are so exhausted I as think, well? Yeah, I think <laughs> it's because this has been such a massive election yeah. campaign and so much has happened almost every day. But also yeah. because there's been a lot of uncertainty about the fact that it's a party that isn't the biggest party and the, just the kind of everyone getting their head around it. I think that was why... Excuse me for having food in my mouth. <laughs> why... 
I think there was, well, there was a little party out there. I think there's, there is a need for that ceremony, that tradition, that out expression of the way they're feeling. And I mm. think that's part of it. Yeah. It's that inauguration that feel. But with, with Fat mm. Freddy's drop and stuff as well, it felt a bit cool. And it's not a cool <laughs> thing to do. Do you know what I mean? You yeah. go to... It's no, very traditional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and no, having that there, you walked out and you were like, oh, this feels a little bit like a almost a wedding reception. A little bit hipster. Waiting. Right. Yeah. I agree with you. And I and it did just remind... I had a, f- a quick moment of thinking, oh, yeah, this, she's definitely got a bit of a cool factor about it. Like, Key, people loved Key, right? And yeah. he was a populist and he was a genius at that whole populist politics. He really was. Yeah. And he connected with people. But she's got a little bit of that hipster factor about her. Yeah, well, she's a real and Auckland gonna, it, figure. But it looks like she's going to bring a bit of that to her. You know, the fact that it was the band and she's referencing that Tony Blair-esque sort of, you know, vibe. Oh, that went really well in the end, didn't I mean, it? I know it's all a bit, <laughs> I know it's all a bit PR-y and all the rest of it, but that's also part, you know, she's bringing who she is. Well, it is It is genera- generational change, and it's really interesting that you use the example of Tony Blair because we did really get caught up in that whole atmosphere back then in Britain, Britpop cool. yeah. and Cool Britannia, and, um, and, and really, it, you know, it, it was a... It turned out not to be. And what was so it? It was the Iraq War, right? It was the Iraq yeah. War, yeah. And, and this is the thing I think this government, this government's going to be, you know, a lot of talk about stability and the and the issues. They'll be fine because they are, they'll be wanting to keep it together and it'll be fine and it'll work. They'll have their normal day-to-day problems. But there will be some events that come down the track which are going to test this government. Well, I, you see, what, what, for me, when you say they're wanting to keep it together, the very fact that it's not a natural, cohesive unit, they don't naturally have good relationships. No. I mean, before last week... Jacinda and Winston didn't really have a relationship. Winston clearly, I know he keeps insisting he doth protest too much that he, you know, he's all... I've never said a bad word against Yeah, him. he loves the Greens now, apparently. Um, but, you know, the very fact that they have to try hard to, and it's going to be, it's just going to keep yeah, being but that's what issue. I mean. I think it'll be fine during the normal, even sort of some, the normal tricky issues that crop up on a day-to-day basis for government. But if a big, a big event comes down the pipe where it really does challenge, you know, they fall on different sides, be it a, a, mm. a some sort of a conflict in Southeast Asia... Or you know, or something like that. We saw it with the alliance and um, in in the previous Labor government, the early early days when they split over the Afghan war. Mm-hmm. This type of event, which is really going to test them, and the, and because they'll fall back on a their principal values. issue that yeah, Winston Peters issue. might find difficult to swallow. Absolutely. Well, it sounds like he's already got some interesting ideas on North Korea. So. Yeah, well, he's got some experience, hasn't he? In North, in North Korea? Korea, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's he d- been there. Yeah, he? he doesn't think they're as much of a problem as the rest of us. That's what he suggested yesterday. Right. Yeah. N- not not a hopeless case. Yeah. Well, maybe he's going to be the answer, and 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 they'll they'll they can roll him out, and they can, can solve go the into the DMZ. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, we should have a look at one of uh, some of the. Uh, we should have a look at the the coalition signing, uh, and the green signing earlier this week, done separately. Mm. Let's have a look at those tracks from uh, earlier in the week. Jacinda Ardern and Winston Peters joining forces. The signing of an extensive coalition deal at Parliament today. It enhances uh, certainly some of our policy positions, and so I'm absolutely comfortable with where we've landed. Yeah, likewise. I mean, we uh, were never going to get everything we wanted. We knew that from the start. Politics has been always an issue of compromise, uh, but principles as well, and we uh, have got a balance on both. In return for backing Labour, got a long list of policy commitments including a $1 billion a year regional development fund with a big focus on rail and a commitment to investigate moving the Port of Auckland. Boosting the minimum wage from $15.75 to $20 an hour by 2020, 
tighter restrictions on foreign buyers of Kiwi land with anything over five hectares to require overseas investment office approval. Modernising the Super Gold Card to include a free annual health and eye check and extending free doctor's visits for young people by one year to 14. Jacinda Ardern insists it's all within budget. Everything in this agreement sits within our budget responsibility rules. And Winston Peters insists it will deliver change. There's going to be a change and a clear signal sent internationally that New Zealand is no longer for sale in the way it has been. It's not just new policy ideas either. Labour has also agreed not to implement its water tax. Although on the heated issue of immigration there is no hard target for cuts. We're happy to accept the resolution the way the Labour Party has framed it. Today's agreement contains a wide mix of policies and even calls for things like a law to stop MPs jumping ship to other parties. However, it's areas like regional development and wages where it may have the biggest impact. What we're saying today is that it's no longer acceptable uh, to try and expect families to survive on the minimum wage at the level that it is. So the deal's now done. Expect more detail on ministerial portfolios from the leaders tomorrow. James Shaw leading his Green Party into government for the first time. To me that's tremendously exciting. After 18 years on the fringes of political power, the Greens will now hold three ministerial positions, including associate finance and climate change portfolios for James Shaw. On climate change, we're actually going to see massive movement on that uh, in, in the coming months and years. They've also scored policy wins from the Labour Party that include a rent-to-own scheme, free counselling for under-25s, light rail from Auckland CBD to the airport, a referendum on legalising cannabis by 2020 and an overhaul of the welfare system. I'm very, very proud that you know when we said that we wanted to restore and replenish our forests and our birds and our rivers, that we've got a significant commitment to doing that. We are all committed to enhancing and protecting our environment. We're all committed to New Zealanders having much better outcomes. That is what these agreements all focus on. All this is thanks to a confidence and supply deal with the Labour Party. That means that outside agreed policy areas, the Greens are free to vote against legislation that they don't support. James Shaw says his Green Party can work with New Zealand first, but Winston Peters has so far refused to meet with him. No, I haven't met him yet. We've been a bit busy forming the new government, um, but I anticipate meeting him in the next couple of days. We'll definitely all see each other on Thursday. That's when this new government, including the Greens for the first time, will formally be sworn in. Meet your new government, headed by Jacinda Ardern and her new Deputy Prime Minister, Winston Peters. I'm extraordinarily proud uh, of the ministerial team and the work that they will do that we have presented today. Ms Ardern will be responsible for national security, the arts and reducing child poverty. My government will also have a key focus on child poverty reduction. It's a personal priority for me. Winston Peters will take on state-owned enterprises and racing. He also reprises foreign affairs, a job he last held a decade ago. The last time I had the job, uh, I spent a lot of time to turn around our relationship with the United States. Uh, we do not think that North Korea is an utterly hopeless case. We will be rolling out a collective policy approach both on foreign affairs and defence. So who else is in charge? Labour's deputy leader, Kelvin Davis, will take corrections. Grant Robertson will be finance minister. David Clark is health minister and Chris Hipkins gets education. Police minister will be Stuart Nash. David Parker is trade minister and Carmel Cepoloni, minister of social development. 
Justice Minister is Andrew Little, who also gets treaty negotiations and the GCSB and SIS. Mr Little will also be responsible for fulfilling a promise to the Pike River families. We undertook, as did New Zealand First and the Green Party, to make Pike River re-entry a real priority. Also around the Cabinet table will be New Zealand First's Ron Mark as Defence Minister. And Shane Jones gets forestry and infrastructure. Tracy Martin will be Minister for Children. More important than a portfolio is a um, budget policy to go with them. And that's what we've secured. The Greens sit outside Cabinet. Later, James Shaw will be Climate Change Minister, Eugenie Sage, Conservation Minister, and Minister for Women will be Julianne Genter. National Leader Bill English says 31 ministers and undersecretaries is too many. Taxpayers are going to pay more to run the government uh, because the three parties have decided they need more jobs to keep to, so they can have some unity. The new government will be sworn in tomorrow and get straight down to business with their first cabinet meeting. That's the sound of the, um, I made that up, the sound of the knife going through cake. <laughs> Thanks, I'm not sure if you would have got that. That's such a controversial way to cut the cake know, what though. Is it? What are you yeah. doing? Well, the knife's only that long. Yeah. What am I supposed to do? Anyway, does anyone want a piece of cake? Is this your first you cake? Think? Oh, thanks for oh, my like quarter of a piece. piece of cake. Yeah. It's the smallest piece of cake in the world. Thanks. It's my cake. Yeah. <laughs> his cake and his birthday. <laughs> All right. Coalition sightings. Yeah, that feels like a long time ago. But yeah, it was it was um, it was interesting that they did them separately. Obviously, they both wanted to have mm. their moment in the sun. Um, Do you think that was Winston making that call? Yeah, I think Winston makes all the calls, yeah. doesn't he? <laughs> and saying, I'm not interested in a three-way oh, well, awkward handshake. Yeah, yeah, perhaps. That would have been great. Remember that? They did do that with, um, didn't they, with... Um Back in the day with Peter Dunn and something? I can't remember. There was one somewhere. Maybe that was Richie McCaw and John that, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, the documents themselves were quite small. They're only a, yeah. a handful of pages. I mean, there was a lot in there, but um, but I guess they promised us that they're going to release something fuller in time. And yeah. There's another 38-page document that we haven't seen, but it would be nice to see... It would be nice to see the, the full text of the agreement. But there were some, some interesting things in there... Uh, I think from Winston Peters, the the one to my mind is the most interesting is the uh, the uh, relooking at the Russia Russia free trade deal. Pretty when, bizarre that one. Yeah, when the rest of the world is is backing away uh, from such arrangements and have sanctions in place, New Zealand looks to be reopening those. I mean, I was um, in um, I was in Vladivostok when the key was talking about coming back a few months. This is three or four years ago. Talking about coming back a few, coming back to Moscow. We're going to sign the Russia deal. It was almost across the line. Yeah, it was close. It was very, very close. It was close. really close, yeah. Um, and then um, I was away somewhere else in Hong Kong or something. And, the, yeah, the Ukraine situation happened. Mm -hmm. and um, you boom, were there. It just was like, yeah. Yeah. Off, yeah. Off, it was gone. Yeah. I was in Kiev for a bit of time when that was breaking and you just then suddenly watched everything crank backwards with all of that because it was such a you're right it was such a big thing for us it was going to be this deal with Russia and mm -hmm. we were going to be the blueprint and all of that and then you just had to go crank 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 because the diplomatic situation changed well we had no we had no I mean we, we didn't impose sanctions some of the rest of the world did but we, we weren't in that position but it, it was it sent a very clear signal um, about the world about the West's displeasure with Russia's yeah. actions we have to because that you know that's the way that it mm. is we have to do that otherwise you have nothing you just get pushed over by everyone yeah part of the issue is though isn't it about so that because of that because um, that happened, it affected the European milk market, right? I'm just mm -hmm. trying to get my head to remember why this is, and this is so 
the uh, we we so because of the restrictions yes. that Europe was putting in place on Russia, they were then crying out for milk and milk alternatives, and yep. that's why part of the reason they were so interested in us, even though we're a s- relatively small. From memory, that's right. Well, no, I'm just trying to remember. Damn it, can't remember. Anyway, <laughs> come back to me. It'll come back to you in about five minutes. <laughs> it will. Let's move on. The one thing I thought was, look, initially I was like 60 things in the New Zealand First Deal, mm. like 10 or something in the Labour, in mm. the Greens one. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, there's so much. And, you know, and we were trying to read it all. Yeah. And then actually by the next morning, when I breakfast, I was like, there's nothing really in here very arduous at all. I mean, well, how, how hard would have any of this been to give up for Labour? Not very hard at all. Well, it's a billion dollar regional fund and minimum wage. And we kind of saw that in the campaign, though. Some the Mm. similarities between them Mm. were there for all of us to see. But I I just think, for me personally as well, I thought that mandate of having a bigger portion of the vote would have meant more Mm. to Winston Peters, and that wasn't the case. He was looking at things like policies and like those big picture principle things that we're talking about, and that's what he went for because they do have a lot in common. I do think, though, that. where they'll come to regret giving ground Labour and the Greens is on the environment. I mean, they've rewound on the water tax. That's now not happening. No word of a clean water summit that they were going to have. Um, the ETS now, although agriculture will be in the ETS, they're going to subsidise it to um, 95%. Yep. Um, so, yes, they've got a bigger boost to conservation, but a lot of that's going to be swallowed up by predator-free 2050. Um and also recovering from the last few years of cuts. So I, I just I just think that for all the noise that Jacinda Ardern made in the campaign about being environmentally friendly and about how uh, climate change is our nuclear moment, that there isn't enough in either of those documents to justify the words trees that she said. Really, isn't it? Well, trees, tree, but again, trees. The issue with the trees is is that um, a lot of the trees that were planted in the 90s will now come on. They'll have to be um, logged in the next decade and so that's going to increase the carbon footprint even more so we're just you know we're still going backwards in terms of our emissions so i think that they could have you know the, this is the first time the greens are in government and uh, i don't think from that document to me that they could have won they could have had a lot more they could have had a lot more disappointed about the kermadex sanctuary because that's clearly despite all the noises they made the, at the weekend happen. that isn't going to happen new zealand first aren't going to go there but do you think they were in a power position because when you look at it, you go. They go to the negotiating table and they say, "We can't go with national. We're not going anywhere. Mm. We'll support you. That's what our party wants. So give us this, 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 and this." And Labor's like, "Well, no, we won't. No. Okay, well, we'll take Absolutely. this." Absolutely, they had. N- they were between a rock and hard place. As yeah. you say, they couldn't go with national. They had nowhere to go. But given that Jacinda Ardern spent a lot, a large part of the campaign yeah. talking about how environmentally friendly she was and how they're going to clean up the rivers and tackle climate change, I would have expected the Greens and Labour to do a lot more for the environment. And the very fact that the climate change portfolio is outside Cabinet and will have no impact at the Cabinet table, no impact on all those other policies when they're being discussed, to me that sends a large signal that climate change isn't as important to the Labour government as they insisted that it was. Do you think that's Winston Peters' influence having to bring her back or do you think that's her I think I think it's a combination of some um, 
less environmentally minded figures in her party, but also inevitably Winston Peters. You know, the, the, he's very concerned about the farming sector yeah. and his votes in, in, in rural areas and in regional um, areas. So, I, I, yeah, absolutely, it's down to no Winston Peters. Tech, so but gone. Yeah, before Jacinda came along, if you talk to NGOs and environmental groups, before her water policy, environmental groups were not happy with Labour's direction on the environment and have not been for a number of years. Yeah, but their jobs focus. They always have been Labour parties. Mm. At the end yeah. of the day, the environment is important. I, mean, I know Helen Clark did carbon neutral and all sort of stuff. But ultimately, and this is one of their top priorities, is to get unemployment under 4%. They're a jobs-focused... Absolutely. Well, then say that. And and don't, and, and, but then don't, don't, fight, don't fight on environmental issues then. No. But you're, what you're saying is don't push it out as the big policy Absolutely. and campaign yeah. on it and yeah. say it was this the term the nuclear free issue of our generation the climate change stuff certainly and it did the, it did them very well in that they stole a lot of votes already they were stealing votes from the greens but it won them a lot more votes from yep. the greens um so yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to watch that space excitingly though a whale sanctuary in taranaki was one of the wins yeah. for the green party so we'll, we'll and see splitting what up there. npr splitting up npr is quite interesting so yeah so that was a surprise and also uh, she didn't i asked her about this at the press conference but she didn't quite she didn't answer me, but um, the future of MB has got to be a little uncertain as well. You know, that super business mm. ministry. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's fascinating what's going to happen. It seems like it's an, I'm here, this is how I'm going to do it, because you've got to balance out. She's got a whole group of ministers who yeah, you're going to have to balance. Let's <laughs> <there's, there's> split <laughs> things up and find some jobs. But it's also about putting your mark on it Definitely. as well, yeah. even though it affects all these thousands of people with thousands of jobs. She just wants to come in and go, boom, boom, boom. This is how yeah, it's going to be them, underneath. They're moving the dividing, you know, the one of those doors that, you know, you can just pull yeah, apart and then you exactly. just can't move those doors yeah, around yeah. inside the yeah. building, aren't they? Open yeah. plan of branding. To, yeah. But I think from what she said in the press conference uh, announcing the Cabinet, what she said about fisheries was interesting. She's clearly taken on board the criticism that fisheries cannot be the regulator and the promoter of yeah, that, that industry. You know, it, it doesn't work. It's, it's fundamentally a conflict. So that's interesting. And moving, that was one of their campaign pledges, but moving the forestry service up to Rotorua, create a whole lot more jobs there. It makes more sense to have it there. So, you know, again, again, good ideas. National, obviously, Senate, it's going to become a bloated government. That was inevitable. Bloated public service. House prices in Wellington will go through the roof, you know, the usual. Yes, and probably fall in Auckland. Um, uh, MPI, let's have a listen back to 2012, um, when they actually put this all together. So it's kind of like, you know, back to the future and back around again. <laughs> The public sector's been labelled bloated and inefficient by the Prime Minister. Now it's copying it from the Finance Minister. We can't afford waffly policy where people sit around talking about their good intentions. In the gun, social policy agencies. So what does that mean for the much-criticised Families Commission? We'll be looking uh, over the next two or three years at uh, most Crown entities. Uh, that's one. One news last night revealed that the latest in the public sector restructuring includes plans to merge MAF with the Ministry of Fisheries, creating a primary industries super ministry. This won't be the first public sector merger. In the last year, a number of smaller government departments have been folded into larger ministries and an entirely new organisation has been created by merging the ministry and the foundation of science, research and technology. Labour warns there's no money to be made in the MAF merger. If that's like Archives New Zealand and the National Library, that saved a grand total of $165,000 a year. That's pathetic. The government says it has no savings or job cut targets, but it has a blunt message for unhappy public servants. If they're waiting around for more money to drop out of the sky, uh, then that's not going to happen and they might be better to go somewhere uh, where they can make a contribution. A report card on public sector performance is due out in the next month. 
on the issue of MPI, I've remembered. I have to get it out now. So, so when the sanctions were put in against the Russians, all this milk was suddenly had nowhere to go from Europe, like the Dutch and everybody, massive amounts of milk. And that was what then flooded the market with milk and crashed the price, and that's when we went into that dairy slump. And that's why the Russian deal had such big implications for the dairy sector. And Winston did reference that issue. Um, you know, when he talked about... You come back to in five minutes. Anyway. Hmm. It's all you needed. I'm sure there's just more a couple to it than that, minutes. but it just has yeah. to be gnawing away with me. Anyway, <laughs> um, national. Despite getting nearly half the votes... Yeah! Bill English is having to adjust to life in opposition. And today he had to front up to his colleagues for the first time and make sure they want him as leader. Oh, it's the uh, tradition that the first caucus after an election, the leadership is confirmed or contested. Are you expecting it to be contested? Well, it's a matter for the caucus. I'll have more to say about that later. On the way out, he got a reminder he's not Prime Minister anymore. Locked out for a few moments before making this announcement. Well, I can confirm uh, that today the National Party caucus uh, re-elected me as its leader, uh, along with Paula Bennett as deputy leader. He's promising to fight the 2020 election. If someone had stood up in caucus and said, I want to be leader too, it would have forced a leadership vote. That didn't happen, so Bill English is safe in the job for now. He knows others may be eyeing up the job. Look, I know better than most uh, that uh, success in politics is all about performance. Mr. And, uh, I would expect to, expect to um, have to, you know, to perform. And at the moment, his MPs are presenting a united front. I'm definitely supporting Bill, absolutely. Um, he was phenomenal in that campaign. Uh, Bill English absolutely has my back. As long as uh, Bill is in this building, he has my support. Bill's got my full support. I absolutely support Bill English. He's a true leader and I'm looking forward to him staying on as leader. Bill English campaigned and won 44.4% of the party vote. There may be fewer selfies now as leader of the opposition. Jessica. Yes. What, you, you were down there at that caucus? Yeah. What did you, th what did you think of the mood? Were they it putting on really a brave face? It was interesting. So for when I was in the gallery, you get used to doing the routine of walking down the caucus <laughs> and waiting for the, for the cameras and you doing your thing. So for the last nine years, National have been doing that. For the first time... They had to walk down and they were effectively in opposition and you could feel it. Mm. There weren't that many of us there because Not I think you guys were going off and doing stuff. I'd like, oh. No, no. <laughs> but it was just, you could you could sense it. And there was, I think, quite a bit of anger and a touch of bitterness with some of them. Not mm. so much at the media particularly, but with the situation mm -hmm. that they were in where mm. they won a big chunk of the vote and then are in this situation where they just have to do it. A lot of people were in quite good spirits and happy to talk about their leadership and support for Bill English, but you could feel it. It mm. was different. And it just, that walk that they've done, that strut down the corridor they've done as the power yep. players, suddenly it's different. It's an amazing thing, isn't it, Pamela? Yeah. Right? yeah, it's astonishing. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't seen our national in opposition yet. I haven't been in New Zealand long enough to... to they're good oh, fun in opposition. Yeah. They used to yeah. throw good parties. There's yeah, no they did. They did. Well, they do know now where the bodies are buried. That, and, I did, and that's what makes it... It so will be yeah. interesting to see and which ones become the, the real, you know, the ones who know how to get stories up and, and yeah. work yeah. the angles and, and get hits on and things like that. Well, I did bump into a former minister... Former minister, barely a go. former minister, in the <laughs> corridor the other day, and I won't say who it was, but had already been up to uh, the clerk's office, parliamentary service, having a briefing on how they can work questions better, mm -hmm. and, and so some of them are already in the opposition uh, frame of mind, shall we say? They're ready for a fight, so I, I think uh, they're going to start targeting, obviously, the areas they know. 
there are weaknesses, but I think New Zealand first and that fractious relationship with the smaller parties in Labour, I think, is going to be... Oh, I think we're going to be in for a very, very bumpy ride. Yeah. It doesn't mean that the, that the government's going to spin out of control or anything or, you know, fall apart. It's just that it's going to be bumpy. They're going to come back hard. Absolutely. Well, there's a, as you said, there's a lot of anger there, a lot of anger at the system. I, I actually thought Bill English set a very good tone. Uh, he was very gracious mm-hmm. um, and, you know, accepted that that's how MMP works. You might might well have won the big share of the vote, but that's not, that's not I what think the, key the for, system delivers. The key for Labour here and the key for Jacinda Ardern is going to be this 100-day plan and is just they've got to get through to Christmas, they've got to be busy as, mm. get that get through to Christmas without too much trouble. Come early next year, they'll find it'll things will settle down. People mm. who have gone away on their holidays. It'll feel more normal, and they can you know they can get on. But they need to get through this next. I don't think it'll be hard though. They'll have so much energy. Well, they do, and so much focus. And and I, I think she's very good at maintaining control. She's a good inspirational leader. They'll be so excited. I mean, they'll have all their briefings and yep. get in their heads around the new jobs. And you know, after almost a decade in opposition, they're re- they're ready for this now. So I, I don't think getting through to Christmas is going to be too much of a. No. As long as they can keep Winston from saying. Uh, <laughs> Outrageous stuff. I think they'll be fine. Well, he's got to he's got to be on the world stage. He's got his foreign minister. He's going to be out of the APEC. country. <laughs> he's going to be having fun. Hey, now speaking of um, speaking of uh, US. Yes. So, Andrew, have you got a drink tonight? No. No. Just want to have a little comment about it. Just a comment about it. Maybe I'll run the shots. Yep. Yeah. So, speaking of the US, mm. um, the US ambassador this week um, finally confirming that. There had been an inquiry into uh, an incident in Samoa, but um, not responding to your requests. No, well, this is something that um, I've been looking at for a month now. I've been asking questions on for a month of the US government in Washington and of the US embassy, and they have chosen not to answer my questions about his conduct in Samoa, and as I understand also in New Zealand as well, was what that investigation related to then all of a sudden so we, we decided yesterday that we would head down to an event that he was hosting and see if he would he would answer our questions directly um when we asked him uh, as you see in the clip uh, if he was under investigation he said no he said no twice in fact um and then to our surprise uh then appeared in a video interview after declining all those requests appeared in a, vi- in a very odd video interview um, on another website, stuff website, um, basically confirming the existence of this investigation. Uh, he says that it's over. I haven't been able to get the State Department to confirm that yet. They, w- they will not comment, so we have to take his word that it's concluded. He said that he's been reminded to be more culturally aware. Uh, and he said that, that the reason for the complaints were that um, he'd complimented some women at the event and that he'd mentioned that another a server could make more money in the hospitality industry in the U.S. Um, that is, that's what he says the extent of the complaints are. I have ha- asked many questions as to what I understand the extent of the complaints where I've heard I have heard a very different version of events, um, but we haven't had a response to those questions. He's still declining our requests for interviews. So it's a very, um, I guess, a very Trumpian situation where, uh, and I guess he's just reflecting his boss in that he. He has chosen which questions to answer and and which journalists get to pose those questions. Yeah, I mean, he's an experienced, um, pretty experienced politician from the US. He was also, I think, involved as a Fox News commentator at some point. We've certainly been quite media savvy. Mm. So he, he doesn't come here as some sort of businessman thrown into the diplo- diplomatic world who didn't have experience in the media. He Certainly. clearly has some media experience. Certainly. But, yeah, an interesting way to deal with what were very straightforward questions. Um 
That's a that's a diplomatic way to put it, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, but yeah, that that whether we will get any more on this story, mm. they seem to have um, thrown the walls up again at the embassy, refusing to uh, talk to us, refusing to answer, you know, uh, the outstanding questions about the incidents, um, and you know, other questions about why he wasn't present at the uh, the Pacific Islands Forum in Samoa. Um, a couple of months later, you know, what, why, why he wasn't there, not answering any of those questions. Mm. So. All right, well, we'll stay tuned. We'll stay tuned. There could be more to come on that, you never know. Mm. All right, I think that's us for this week, isn't it? So it is, uh, once again, a pleasure to have you with us on Inside Parliament. Um, we uh, can be got uh, every Friday morning on the One News Facebook page on iTunes and SoundCloud. We'll see you again next week.